Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Wonderful. God is good. Wonderful. So as you can see um, on the stage, Brenda and Christina have done a phenomenal job to get this, uh, the, the building. I like, I like this because it, the building's speaking. Why do we do that? Because we want to speak. It, it's, a, it's, a music, it, it's, a, it's a message. And obviously, we're going to be learning about the harvest. But please let me, let me say this. When we come to Vision Sunday, uh, God doesn't change His vision. It's not every year He changes His vision. You know that. The vision will always remain the same. And I believe that when you capitalize everything that God's about in the Bible, it's this. Can I tell you? To know Jesus and to make Him known. And when we say to know Jesus, we're not talking about a head knowledge. We're talking about an intimacy, an intimate love for Him because He's intimately in love with you. So to, to, to respond to that love, to walk in that love, to experience that love, to know Jesus intimately, and it's not just doesn't stay there, and then it's to make Him known. That's it. That's the vision. Come, we can walk away. We'll go home now. We, we got it. Wish it was as easy as that. Because God, God wants us to respond and to do all that we do out of love. As you heard Pepe sharing his heart, God wants to do everything out of love. And so if you've got your Bibles, please turn to Galatians. Galatians chapter 6. And um, we're talking about the harvest. But when I think about harvest, you can't think about the harvest without thinking about seeds. Harvest doesn't happen by itself. All right. Harvest doesn't just happen. The Bible does refer to, Jesus uses parables and examples about end time and an end time harvest. And he talks about that in the end time when the angels are the harvesters and they reap in God's people into the kingdom. So it is a, a picture of God wanting His children to come into the kingdom. All right? That's just an overall picture. When I think of harvest, I think of everything. Because seeds are everything. Okay? Let me explain what that means. Because there's seeds, there's physical seeds, and there's spiritual seeds. Okay? If you, I'm going to read Galatians 6, but I'm going to pick it up from the Passion Translation. All right, I don't know what translation, I've got the NIV here too, ready to read as well. But let me read this in the Passion Translation, verse 7. Make no mistake about it, God will never be mocked. Isn't that true? For what you plant will also be the very thing you harvest. Think about that for a second. What you plant is the very thing that you harvest. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. I can say it this way. For me and for you, but I use me as an example. I am living in the harvest of everything I've ever sown. Think about that. Everything I've ever sown. I sow, uh, what I sow is what I plant, what I say, what I sp speak out to people, what I put into my children, what I put into my wife, the way I speak to my wife, the way I, I love my wife, the way I love my children, everything I've ever done, the way I, I, love, uh, the way I cultivate my own heart. Because this is the first thing I've got to cultivate, my own heart. So it depends on the books I read, the movies I watch, everything, I've, the people I've hung out with, everything. I'm living in the harvest of what I've allowed myself to sow. True? That's what the Bible says. 
I'll read it again. The harvest you reap, that means what you're living in, reveals the seed that was planted. If you plant the corrupt seeds of self, the self-life into the natural realm, so in other words, you live out of the flesh and, and, and live in, you know, corrupt seed, you can expect to experience the harvest of corruption. If you plant the good seeds of the spirit life, you will reap the beautiful fruits that grow from the everlasting life of the spirit. And don't allow yourself to be weary or disheartened, disheartened sorry, in planting good seeds. Don't get tired of planting good seeds. For the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. I love that one there, that, that translation, the way it, it brings it out. Because for the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. I remember, because in the, in the King James, or it pretty much says that you will reap what you sow. And I go, yeah, we reap what you sow. When you start thinking about that, you reap a harvest of what you sow. We, this is a harvest of one, excuse me, of one, one seed. Not just this orange, all these oranges of one tree. You don't reap what you sow in regards to, I put one seed out, so I'm going to get one seed back. That's not the picture the Bible's given us. It says you reap a harvest of what you've sown. So, uh, so one, it only took one seed to plant a tree. Yes, it takes time to grow a tree, but then you, get, you reap a harvest of oranges. That's how powerful God's Word is. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you, not because it's me, this is the Word of God. God gives us the keys to life. I'm telling you, He does. Ma Matthew 4.13, we're not going to read it, but you know the parable of the sower. Jesus was the sower. He's the Son of Man. He goes, the Son of Man came to sow seed. And he talks about the different types of hearts and the stony ground and the, 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 the cares were the, the, the thorny ground and then the, 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 the ones of the birds of the air with the footpath and it came out and picked up the seed. And, and then the good ground. Talked about that. And, he, and then they didn't understand what he was talking about when he was explaining it. They came in the home and the disciples says, Look, Jesus, can you explain to us the parable of the sower? And you know what Jesus said in verse... In verse um, Verse 13 of chapter 4 of Matthew. Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? If you don't understand the parable of seeds, how are you supposed to understand all the other parables? It's the key that unlocks the whole kingdom. The parable of seeds and understanding how seeds work unlocks the kingdom. Do you believe what Jesus said? Jesus wouldn't waste his words. You don't understand this parable? How then can you understand all the parables? You don't understand how seeds work and how thoughts work? Then how are you supposed to understand the kingdom? Jesus would say so many times, what can I liken the kingdom of God like? What could I compare it to? Ah, it's like a mustard seed. You plant it in the ground. You go to sleep. Night and day, you go to sleep. You don't know, but it grows. You go to sleep, you don't know how it grows, but it grows all by itself. As long as it's in the right environment, that's the key. As long as it's in the right environment and you water that seed, it'll produce fruit. And I love the picture that Jesus gives. I mean, I've got a basil plant that I love. I'm Italian, so I love basil. And uh, I planted this plant because I went away for two weeks. It was boiling hot, as you know. It came back. It was like this. I mean, bent over. All the leaves shriveled. It looks like it was going to die. I said to Ethan, watch this. I got some water, poured a whole bucket of water. It's only this big, the pot, but the plant's quite good size. And I poured it, poured it. Took a, just a whole day. I think the next day it was bang. Drank all the water and all the leaves are plumped up and strong. Some of us are like that basil plant. Shrivel up, half dead, just about to... 
it is, you got the picture? All it is, all it is is water. If we don't live by the principles in the Word, we wonder why it's hard. It's never meant to be hard. Jesus says, my yoke is easy. I bet that was a big joke. Or it's actually easy. Yes, if you take my yoke, my yoke is easy. He wasn't joking. He wasn't putting a dig that, you know, life's really hard, but hey, my yoke's easy. No, his yoke is really easy. Because you stop striving, stop struggling. You just trust, you rest in him. Isn't that good? Genesis 8 verse 22. You can write these down. We won't have time to go through every single one, but I love this. One of my favorites. This is what God says about seed. He says, while the earth remains, is the earth still here? This is the spiritual law and the physical law. While the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest. I like this. Seed, there's some time, and then there's harvest. And cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. All right? In Genesis 1, it talks about the cattle producing after its kind. The cattle will produce, its, it's not going to produce a dog. You know that. A, a horse will produce after its kind. It won't produce an elephant. An elephant will produce elephants, won't produce a hippopotamus. We go, yeah, of course, Leo, what are you giving us basic stuff? Well, seeds are the same. If I want an apple harvest and I planted oranges, when time comes and I get oranges, I can't get frustrated because I didn't get apples. If I plant tomato seeds and I want mangoes, who loves mangoes? I shouldn't get frustrated when at the end of the time needed and there's a massive harvest, my acres are full of tomato plants and they've got tomato fruit all over it. I don't get frustrated. Why don't I have mangoes? What's wrong with this place? I want mangoes. If you want mangoes, you plant mangoes. You plant. You do it on purpose. You put the Word of God, the revelation that God gives you, and you put it into your heart. Put it into your children. You know, this works with everything. Please don't just think of souls. When I think of a harvest, when we think of the harvest... Yes, it's a big picture harvest of souls, but that's the way we live life. Our children that we were trusted to raise up, Christina and myself, we've got five children. When they were young, man, we took time to, to plant seed. We took time to water those seeds. And it's hard work. Sometimes weeds go up, and you've got to pull out the weeds, and you've got to crop it down because Josiah, you've got to pluck out the, those weeds. No, I'm joking. But you work hard. Why? What are you doing? You're a... You're cultivating. You're a farmer. God's a farmer. He put these principles in the earth. When you think about the whole earth, I was walking you know, in the morning, and I'm thinking, everything seeds, everything. All the trees was a seed once. All these big giant trees started with a seed. The, the grass, that was a seed. All the little grasses, just heaps of grasses, started with a seed. The fruits that we eat, the animals all had a seed. Human beings had a seed. Everything is seed. The, the, the world goes around by seeds, words and thoughts. Luke chapter 10, verse 1, listen to this. This is Jesus. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face or before his presence where he was going to go into the city. So he sent two laborers, okay? He sent two, two by two where he himself... Were, he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, look what Jesus says about the harvest. The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. 
Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. The harvest is truly great. He says, but the laborers are few. The harvest is really, really... In Jesus' mindset, we're going to read something about what Jesus did about the harvest. He says one time about Samaria, he says the harvest is ripe. There's nothing wrong with the harvest. You know, the harvest is a people. People are already ready and ripe. There's nothing wrong with the harvest. We can reap them in. What's the problem? Why can't we reap it in? The laborers. If I had a hundred acres of land and I've planted that, took a lot of work, planting, 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 watering, watering, cultivating, cultivating. It's a lot of work to do farming. And at the end, it's ready for the harvest. Now I've got trees with fruit on them. And it's just the season of harvest. Isn't that the time I need lots of laborers? Isn't that the time I need lots of workers? Imagine if I had two. I had two people that were going to pluck the trees, 100 acres. I wouldn't in the season, because the fruit's on the tree. It's ready to pluck. If I only had two workers, we'd lose the harvest. Don't you think so? If you know anything about farming, you you just won't have the time to pluck all of it. And it'll take days to get to one acre. And by the time you finish, it'll rotten, fall to the ground, and deteriorate and rotten. So you need, the, uh, you need a certain amount of laborers. I don't know how many you would need for 100 acres, but you need hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of laborers to reap it all in. Does that make sense? Jesus is trying to show us the problem isn't with the harvest. The problem's with laborers, workers. So as the Lord starts to increase what He's doing in these last days and, and revival hits the city and the church right across Australia and right across the nations of the world, we're living in it right now. I don't know if you know that. But just last week, Brazil filled up a stadium, opened up a stadium for the worship of the King Jesus and a gospel crusade to preach the gospel and healing and miracles. And guess what? It sold out in six hours. It broke the record of U2 and Coldplay, six and a half hours. It, I, mean, I mean, the people of God were so hungry, six hours, the whole stadium, 80,000 people full. They had to open up another stadium, 50,000, same city. And that got full in three days. So they opened up another stadium in another city. Never been done in history before. Think about it. What are we living in? What days are we living in? One, two cities, three crusades at the same time. At the same time. Orlando, 50,000 people just last year. I mean, around uh, uh, in Europe, the awakenings that are happening, the stadiums that are happening. I'm just trying to encourage you. Let's get excited because God is working His end time harvest. He's getting ready to reap His harvest. I'm serious. He's getting ready to come back to planet Earth. I don't don't know about you, but I don't want to miss out. I don't want to be the one, ah, everything's fine. It just seems pretty cool down in Australia. Well, it wasn't because we're on fire, but you know, we had fires raging everywhere. But we prayed and God sent rain. Why don't we just do the same childlike, simple faith, pray again and get spiritual rain to come? God responded to the church. Well, um, Australian-wide, but also worldwide. Everyone around the world that were believers were praying for Australia. If you turn to Matthew, uh, sorry, I said Matthew, didn't I? We're going to read John chapter 4, please. The Gospel of John. You can tell, you can tell I'm a little bit excited, but that's okay. Because we need to be excited. And, and, and this excitement is not put on. I'm fully excited. I, I, you know, I've been waiting for 30 years for this. The church has been going for 30 years. And I'm saying, God, position us. Don't let us miss out. We don't want to be a church that misses out on what you want to do. And I trust you're the same. You're saying, God, we don't want to miss out what you want to do. 
Don't let me grow apathy, apathetic. Don't let me lose, uh, don't let me be distracted. The only way you become apathetic and, and, and everything's all right, mate, she'll be right, and we just get comfortable, is we actually get distracted from the face of Jesus. That the cunningness of Satan might deceive you, Paul said, from the simple devotion to Christ. He goes, I devoted you like a virgin to Christ as a husband. But I, I, he goes, I, I dread the fact that Satan might have deceived you like he did Eve from the simple devotion to Jesus. When you just love Jesus, when you're just in love with him, when you see how beautiful he is, you know what I'm talking about. It's hard to you know, understand or relate what's Leo talking about or anyone else talking about unless we see how beautiful King Jesus is. Unless you fall in love with him because he's in love with you. Jesus, the gospel of John chapter 4. I'll just give you a quick picture. He, he had to go through Samaria and he sees a woman at the well. He talks to her. I love the way, the way he harvested this Samaritan town, this Samaritan village. Think about it for a second. He, all he says is, oh, I'm thirsty. Can you give me something to drink? It's a very natural conversation. I love that. It just starts very natural. When you look at the end time of what happened in Samaria, Jesus harvested pretty much the whole village. The whole village came out. The Bible says when that woman got impacted by Jesus because of his conversation, she went out and told everyone, come and hear a man that told me everything I ever heard. They all came out. And then he stayed for two days in Samaria preaching the word of God. And they go, we don't believe now because she said, we now have heard for ourselves what, what the Messiah has said. Now we believe. In other words, how, how did they come to believe? How did he get the harvest? Words. He spoke words. He spoke seeds. He spoke out. He had to speak out. He had to say something. Okay? And so he sits down at the well. It's very, very hot. He's had a long journey. They've been walking for, for, for kilometers and kilometers. And now he's having a conversation with this woman. The disciples went to the village to get food. They come back, and we're going to pick up from verse 32. As they come back, they say in, uh, in verse 31, sorry, in the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. As they came back, they brought some food. And he said to them, I have food to eat, which you do not know. Doesn't sound very spiritual. But he's really serious. Man, I just ate some food. I just did the Father's will. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm flowing with God. I just, it just nourished my soul. Jesus is serious about this. He just got nourished because I just did the will of God. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? I mean, maybe, maybe he got some food somewhere else. And Jesus said to him, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say, does not, do you not say there's still four months and then there comes the harvest? Sorry. Do you not say there, there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Some translations say, don't say that there's four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. Look up your, lift up your eyes and look at the field. He got them to look out. You know why? The Samaritans, they say, wore white. Their clothing was white. Some people say white hoods. And so as they're all coming out of the village, he goes, Don't say, you know, do not say there's four months, then comes harvest. Look up. The harvest is ripe. So Jesus is saying, the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Are few. If I went to Samaria, this is what I'm trying to make a point. If I went to Samaria, I wouldn't have harvested what Jesus harvested. If you went to Samaria, you probably wouldn't have harvested it either. True? Unless you can flow like Jesus. We're learning to work with Jesus and like Jesus. That's the whole point. We, we want to do the works of Jesus. We're here to imitate Christ. It's all in the Bible. If Peter went there, 
James, Peter, or any of those apostles, I don't still believe they, they could have done what Jesus did. The maturity of him as a laborer, as a son of God, as one who knows his father, flowed in the gifts, in the love of God, demonstrated the gifts, and he, and he, he reaped a massive harvest. That's why he says that the, that the laborers of few is the issue. And we read before, if the laborers are few, we need to pray to the Lord of the harvest that send forth laborers. Now, why does he say that? Because it's a supernatural issue. Therefore, we need a supernatural answer. You can't just wish laborers into it. I'm asking you, please hear my heart. I'm asking you, start praying. Lord of the harvest, send forth laborers. Raise up laborers. We need workers. We need laborers. Because when the harvest is here, we need the thousands of thousands of employees to pull the harvest off the trees. True? So we should all be praying, if I can encourage you, regularly, if not every day. Remember to pray, Lord, in faith, send laborers. Raise up laborers. We need laborers. That should be our regular prayer because I believe God responds to faith. And when God responds to your faith, what happens? He responds. He rains down. He rains down into our hearts. He touches our hearts with revelation, with faith. And then we respond out of faith to want to be the laborer. It has to be a supernatural encounter. It has to be a supernatural revelation because you can't do it any other way. We have to do it out of revelation because we love Jesus. Yes, I will do it, Lord. Does that make sense? Prayer is the key. We have to be praying these, this, Lord God, send laborers. We can't lose the harvest. Australia's ready. Don't think Australians aren't ready. They're ready to the real Jesus. They hate religion, I agree, but they love Jesus. Present Jesus and they'll, they'll come. You'll, you'll be able to reap them in. You'll be able to bring them into the kingdom of God. Look what he says. Verse 36, and he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. He who sows, that's the beginning part, and he who reaps, that's the end part. The reaper always looks the best. But there was a lot of sowing going on. In, 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 uh, second, I mean, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul says, I've planted, Apollos watered, but God brings the increase. Whether you plant and no one ever sees you planting a seed and you water someone, no one ever sees you water. God brings the increase. Yes, when you reap, you look like the good one. Oh, well, I, just, I just led someone to Jesus. You were a part of the equation and according to the word of God, you will be rewarded as the sower. In God's eyes, it's the same. They both receive the reward. That's what he says here. They both have their reward they both rejoice together because they're both going to be rewarded. For in, the say, for in this saying is true, one sows, another reaps. That's the saying. Someone sows, someone waters, someone reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. I believe right now this church, God's called us to reap where we haven't labored before. Look what he says. Others have labored, they've worked, they've planted seed, they've watered that seed, and you have entered into their labors. That's what we're in right now, this year. It's in my spirit. It's like God, God spoke to me. He said it to me. He said, Leo, be ready. I've always had a, I mean, I've always had a heart. Everyone knows my heart to this area. Uh, it, it's salvation. Souls, souls, souls. I said, God, we've got to reach the lost. We'll never lose that. But God is still saying, God's saying, you've got, you've got to be ready to receive everyone that comes. Because sometimes as a pastor, they go, yeah, we don't, we don't want to grow by transfer growth. But you know, if, if, if those people are hurting and being burnt and being used, being abused, 
or, or dying as sheep and not eating the grass and, they're, 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 and they, they come because there's food here, we've got to gather them. And as a shepherd, does that make sense? God will bring those people. That's what he's saying here. And we, and we are entering in other people's labors. They've worked hard, but God is, I trust you with that. You know, we always use this concept, soul winning, soul winning. We've got to win souls. Do you know there's only one scripture in the whole Bible about soul winning? Proverbs talks about soul winning, but it's more about, when you look at the context, more about winning the argument. He wins. The, the sort of the dialogue is wise. But, so when it comes to what we're doing, we're not tr- trying, if, you, if you're going out to win a soul, you're already setting yourself up to failure because unless you lead them to Jesus and won that soul, so to speak, then you feel like, I failed because they didn't come to Christ. So don't see yourself as a soul winner. See yourself as a seed planter. Uh, and, and don't choose, and this is what we do. We just go, oh, I witness to him because he looks really open, but I won't listen to him because he, does, he looks really rough. Oh, he's got tattoos and he looks tough and he looks mean. and he looks, I won't speak. You know, just say, hey, mate, Jesus loves you. Hey, mate, do you, do you know, I just want to let you know, Jesus really loves you. I've been saying that and it's some responses like, oh, oh thank you. One, one rough-looking lady sort of said, oh, I hope so. You know, it's a, it's a conversation starter, and it's a planting a seed. And someone else tells them Jesus loves them. Oh, someone else, God's on my case. And then someone else speaks to them and says, Jesus loves them. Oh, Lord, what are you trying to say? It's preparing their hearts. It's softening, but we are seed sowers. And don't, with your prejudice, with your judgment attitude, don't, I won't give it to him. He looks tough, rough. Uh, he, he doesn't look like, oh, no, he's got, you know, some other religion, no, he won't be open. No, take the seed. Your responsibility is to scatter. I mean, I'm, someone's going to have to work hard here, a vacuum. Just, just sow. Just sow the seed. Your job, my job, is to be a laborer and sow. And fall where it may. Do they want some too? Fall. Let it fall. Let it fall where it may. Listen to this, guys. Jesus was the greatest sower of all time. Jesus said about himself, I'm the son of man. I came to sow the seed of the word of God. He's sowing the word of God. I mean, the word of God is the perfect word of God. The seed that Jesus sowed is perfect. has no fault in it. It will produce when it finds good ground. And Jesus says, he uses Mark chapter 4, four grounds. The footpath, the stony ground. The thorns and then the good ground. So you could almost look like Jesus, the greatest soul of all time, has the word of God, the perfect word of God, and he sows and he was 75%. It didn't work. Or you can look at it this way. I like to look at it this way. 25% was successful. What makes us think that we've got to, every time we sow, we've got to make sure we win them to Jesus? Just plant the seed. Plant the seed. Plant the seed. Water the seed. Plant the seed, water the seed. With a prayerful heart, God will bring the hungry ones to you as well. God will bring the ones that are searching. God will bring the ones that are ripe because you're praying. He will bring those ripe. I'm telling you, he'll bring the right people because we've got a heart. Say, God, I wake up this morning. Who am I going to speak to about Jesus? Who can I lead to Jesus? Be ready to sow the seed, plant the seed, and don't be afraid of that consequences, all the attacks, all the persecution, we're dead anyway. Now really, when you're a dead man, now I've got to get to this point, God needs laborers. 
I think, Lord, so all we need is workers. All we need is laborers for the king. People that are willing to work for the king. That's all it is. I thought about that. I thought, we're living in a Western culture. And, and please, I'm a part of this culture. So I'm not thinking you guys are like this and we're not. I am a part of this very culture we live in. And that is a consumerism culture. It's in our Western culture. It's in our beautiful city. It's in our beautiful country. Consumerism. Consumer. So, so my question to us is, are you a consumer? Or are you truly, truly a laborer, a worker for the king? Can only be either one. Can't be one or the other. Are you a consumer? I looked up the word consumer. It means someone who is only ministered to. That was my definition. But the, in, the, in the dictionary it says, one that consumes a person who purchases goods and services for personal use. So I come to the church because I want you to give me what I need. I want to be encouraged. I want to have the word of God uplift me. I want you to make me feel good. I want the worship to be just right. I like it when it's like this. Oh, it's too loud today. I don't like it. I don't like it when this the smoke machine. I don't like the smoke machine. I don't like the lights. I don't like the no air conditioning. The air conditioning broke down a couple of weeks ago. And it's just a bit hot these days. Uh, you know, the message isn't like I want it. The message isn't the way it should be. I should have this. The downstairs, I want the children to be this. Like, are you a consumer or are you gonna be a laborer? To actually be the solution to it. A consumer thinks the church is there for me. A laborer thinks I'm here for the church. I'm here not just for the church, for the kingdom. I'm here for the king. Uh, uh, this, is, this is so, so, I haven't even got, no really, I haven't even got to what, what is the harvest. I've got to get to what is the harvest? What does the harvest look like? Tyrone Daniel was with us last Sunday, who's apostolic. He's the guy we partner with, the team that we partner with. And he spoke about the first thing we, we come into is a relationship with Jesus. Without that, you've got nothing. It's a relationship, a love relationship. You're in love with him. It's him, you and him, King Jesus. Amen. Then it's been planted in the church. What does it mean to be planted? A tree has to be planted. The roots have got to go down. There's got to be accountability. There's got to be relationship. There's got to be discipleship, willingness to learn, willingness to, to be corrected, to be changed, to be transformed, to rub against each other. You know what? When someone hurts me, I still, I'm not a consumer. I'm family. I'm a laborer. I'm, I'm employed by the king. Please hear this. Do you really see yourself as employed by the king? And this is the mandate. I'm glad we've got one employed by the king. We... Listen to this. I know we're all employed by the King, Jesus. What is our mandate? I'll say it this way. We always ask, oh, I want to know the will of God. I want, to know, I want to know the will of God for me. What is the will of God for me? Can I say it this way? God has revealed the will of God. Now I just got to sit my life to the will of God. God has revealed His will. What is it? To preach this gospel of the kingdom. That's, a, that's, that's the will of God. To go and disciple the nations. That's the will of God. This is the mandate of the king. If I spend time with Jesus and I love him and worship him, experience him, the Lord Jesus' beautiful loving eyes are going to look into my face and say, Leo, my heart's burning for unsaved people. And I can't just look into his face and keep enjoying him. I'm going to get up and go, God, I'll do it for you. And I'll go reach the lost. I can't stay there. I stay in love with him, yes, but there's, there's, that's my first calling is my relationship with Jesus. If I don't spend time with him, I've got nothing to give. I, I, I have to have, really, it should be a whole, whole weeks and weeks about this relationship with Jesus, because that's it. It all comes out of that. 
So when we have this with Him, and we're all passionately in love with Jesus, we're spending time with Him. The enemy will throw everything at us to get us distracted from this. But if I've got this, I've got my love relationship with Him, because that's our first calling. Then it looks like this is the harvest. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is there any sickness in heaven? No. Any depression in heaven? No. God wants us to bring that joy here on earth. Is there anyone unforgiven in heaven? No. God wants to bring forgiveness to everyone here on earth. Is anyone bound up in heaven? No. God wants freedom here on earth. Your will be done. This is what the harvest looks like. So I've got to know what is the will of God. What is the harvest? It's to bring freedom to mankind through the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God. And guess what? You're all called for that. Every single one here and everyone listening to this message, everyone on Facebook, everyone on social media, you're all called to the will of God, which is preach this gospel of the kingdom, not the gospel of the church, gospel of the kingdom, King Jesus. And you're called to disciple the nations. What does it look like? In your, in your marketplace, in your workplace. If you're an actor, if you're a drama, if you're a, 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 a dancer, if you're a teacher, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a businessman, if you're a tradesperson, whatever you do, what's, my, what's your will for me? This is it. Preach the gospel of the kingdom. Disciple people and be a laborer. Be a laborer, a worker for the king. I, I'm, I'm rushing it, but please hear my heart. Please hear my heart. This is, this is it. If you wanted to know, this is it. And wh why do we do what we do? Why do we do all that we do? Because of this. For the king. So why do we have connect groups? Because people need to be discipled. People need to be in family. People need to be in relationship. People need to be accountable. People need to, to receive and, and input from the body of Christ. We're a family. We're a body. We're a building. We're an army. Can't do it alone. Have to be connected. Connect groups is vital. Why do we do radio? Why have we been doing radio for 20 years? It doesn't build the church up. We're preaching this gospel of the kingdom to the lost. That's why we're on radio. Some of you don't even know we're on radio, but we're on radio for the last 20 years. Four radio stations in this city. Why? To preach the gospel. Why do we do TV? Because the same reason, to preach this gospel. I go on and on and on. Social media. Why do we do all that? To preach the gospel of the kingdom. And if I was a, an actor, why would I be an actor? To preach the gospel. Jesus uses an example about seed. He says in Matthew 13, verse 36, he goes, The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one that was sown by the enemy. So Jesus takes you as a seed. You're, you're, a, you're a child of God, the children of the kingdom, takes you as a seed and throws you in the field, which is the world. He actually wants you to be planted out in the world. And be a seed that's growing there as a mighty tree. And everyone comes under its shade and protection. Jesus uses that. Have you thought to yourself, I'm planted by the Lord out there. I carry the gospel of the kingdom. In my own creative way, God will show you how my mandate is to bring him to Jesus. To submit to King Jesus, the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom. Does that make sense? What's the will of God? I just told you. Now do whatever you believe God's placed on your heart. To fulfill the will of God. If it's one person, you reach one person. God puts on your heart, I'm going to start a, some sort of Bible study. I'm going to start an alpha in my, in my work. I think I've got the influence to do that. And you start it. Whatever creative way. I'm going to have a lunch. I'm going to have a dinner. I'm going to invite them over to my house. And just connect with it. Whatever God places on your heart. 
We can go on and on and on about the nations. Why do we travel? Why do I travel? Why does anyone come from our church? We send teams out. People go out all the time. Why do they do that? For the sake of the King Jesus, the disciple of the nations. Amen. So the question, if we're not already a laborer or you haven't already said yes to the Lord, a worker, God needs people are willing to work. Willing to say yes to the King. Not to the church, not to me, not to leadership, but say, Lord, I submit myself, I submit my life to you as King. Amen. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website ggclife.com or email us ggclife at ggclife.com From our house to yours, be blessed.